welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Kennedy, and you've tuned in today because you're sick of trying every fad diet under the sun and training yourself into the ground without seeing any results. That's why I'm here to share the most effective ways to eat and train for sustainable and real results. Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today I'm joined by Scott Henderson. Now this was a very enjoyable chat. Scott is the editor and content director at Men's Health Australia, so Men's Health Magazine. Um, and we built up a bit of a relationship in 2017 when Scott covered the 24-hour sled push the first year that I completed it with Klimi. And um, he was an absolute champ. He, he gave us a lot of exposure. He helped raise a lot of awareness around men's health and uh, mental health and help raise money for Beyond Blue. And um, he's just a champion bloke. He's very good at what he does. He's very passionate about what he does. And today's chat was extremely enjoyable. So if you enjoy the interview, please do take a screenshot of the show and post it up on your Instagram story for me. Tag myself and tag Scott. I'll have his Instagram username in the show notes below. And I hope you enjoy today's chat. Scotty, welcome to the show, mate. Mate, thank you for having me. Good to be here. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, it's fantastic to have you on. And after some serious technical difficulties, we've both <laughs> made figure out how to record a podcast um, after about half an hour. So we've done well. Uh, mate, I think you said it best when you said, lucky we know how to do a few push-ups. <laughs> we can put together a pon- uh, comedy podcast um, just recording us. <laughs> yeah. um, mate, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I've been really excited um, to have a chat with you about this, and I think I mentioned it to you almost 12 months ago that I'd love to, to get you on. I know I was talking to someone um, about having you on, so um, thanks for joining me, man. Man, not at all. It's um, it's I'm equally as excited. It's been good. We've crossed over paths a few times. Um, done a bit of work with men's health, so it's good to kind of actually sit down and, and hash it out. Yeah. Now, what's the situation at the moment? Obviously, um, for those that are listening way past when this came out, it's currently um, we're all in lockdown in isolation for coronavirus. So, how has that affected you and your kind of day to day activities with men's health? Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of, I guess, the workload's picked up quite a bit. Uh, you know, funnily enough, it's um, the demand for magazines has kind of increased during this time, um, but especially digital content as well. People kind of, being in that health space, they come to us as that source for kind of COVID, coronavirus-related uh, content. Um, but yep. also, you know, at-home training, obviously, is, is a huge thing right now. Um, so that's kind of ramped up things like events, uh, obviously have, have really ramped down. Um, you know, I kind of personally go in waves, you know, some days I'm loving working from home, you know, my gym is in the garage, so the commute's super short for that. Um, but then, you know, we have a great team, we all get on really well. So not being in touch with the lads every day is a bit rough sometimes, but you know, everyone's kind of rallied together. It's incredible how adaptive people are. Um, and how quickly, you know, we've put out now two issues um, working from home and, you know, the lads have put together some of the best issues that we've, we've ever produced. So it just kind of shows you, I guess, what's possible. 100% and we touched on it before we um, hit record before about how, how much everyone's had to adapt and it's, it's interesting to see um, how well or, you know, for some people not so well, um, people are adapting and I actually sent out an email this morning to my email list talking about, um, you know, when we have lack of resources, how the most important thing is to be resourceful. And, um, 
that's one thing that I've enjoyed most about taking these sessions and stuff outside because obviously you don't have access to a gym anymore is, you know, the first few days when it all kind of happened, it, it depends, it varies depending on what um, industry you're in, I guess. But the first few days that we went into lockdown, it was a bit of like, oh, you know, shit, what am I going to do now for the next few months? But then quickly, you know, um, resourcefulness kicked in and, and you start figuring out how you're going to adapt your sessions outdoors and make the use of the minimal equipment that you may have. And um, I think it's it's been kind of enjoyable to share content with people at home and show them that, just because, you know, something gets taken away doesn't mean that you've got to completely go off track and just wait for this to all pass and get complacent with what you've got. And um, it's a great, great opportunity to get resourceful and, and adapt. 100%. And I think, um, you know, it's been a really good exercise in cool. Yeah, obviously, we're mourning what we've lost and what we don't have, but being grateful for what we do have. Um, and, you know, I guess to your point as well, we kind of talked saying, you know, and yourself in, in particular, it's this time for the health and fitness industry has kind of really, um, I guess, highlighted the people that are strong in their knowledge and know what they're doing because, you know, A, you've been able to keep your clients engaged and keep them moving and keep them excited and on top of their health and fitness, you know, um, and it just shows your resourcefulness and, and your depth of knowledge in, in what you do as well. Thanks, mate. And, and I wanted to touch on with you as well, actually, in, in regards to what you're doing. I talk a lot about, you know, being the product of your environment and the people that you surround yourself with is is kind of the type of person that you'll most likely become. And obviously, you're surrounding yourself with some pretty unbelievable people um, quite often. And I know this is a pretty loaded question, but when you first started out um, in the industry, like what what was your purpose and what is your purpose now? Like what what was the passion um, that, that you fight, wake up every single day and, you know, you, you have that passion inside of you knowing that you want to do? And I guess how did you come across it how did you find your passion no that's actually a really good question because when i started um i i knew what i was interested in broadly but um so i didn't actually yes i work on the editor of a magazine but i actually came from a health and fitness background not a journalism background which um in our industry is actually quite unique um so I knew I, you know, I got into, I didn't get the marks to be a physio. That was the goal when I was at school, <laughs> but um, I knew my passion was in health and fitness and I knew I wanted to basically help people. Um, I wanted to find a way to share my excitement and my passion for health and fitness. Um, and to, I'm going to just be totally honest, you know, when I started, you know, I studied, I did a five-year um, human uh, movement sports science degree and I didn't know what shape that took. Uh, so I pretty much, since I left uh, uni, I've worked in almost every facet of health and fitness you can imagine. I've done the practical stuff. I've done the marketing stuff. I've done the business stuff. Um, and then I started to do the content creation stuff. And that's kind of what stuck with me. Uh, because, you know, through content creation, um, I was able to share that passion and, and kind of share what I was learning with a bigger audience. Uh, and then that led yeah. to men's health. And it, it almost like as cliche as it sounds, the role that I'm in now is a perfect combination of, you know, my experiences and my studies. Um, and I wouldn't say my knowledge yet because I'm learning every single day and, and, you know, like you said, surrounding myself with people that are a lot smarter than me and have a lot greater knowledge, but I love taking bits personally and also professionally to kind of share with our audience, um, taking bits and pieces from, um, you know, their own experiences and what they're finding out. And, you know, I'm just 
lucky enough to surround myself with people that are a lot smarter than with than me. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a big believer in that. I think you should always try to to never be the smartest person in the room and always be surrounding yourself with people that you can learn from. And and a lot of Mate, times, that is that is never a risk with me. I'm never the smartest person in the room. <laughs> yeah, mate, I'm, I'm not, not a real risk there either. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of the time it's people that you may not necessarily even be smarter. I think you can definitely take away something from every single person that you that you interact with and engage with. Um, and it, there's always just so much to take away. And you know, I think it's funny. I was thinking about why you're talking about that just then how you know you were you were doing what you were doing and now it's led down the path of journalism and being able to share your your knowledge and share your journey and stuff with as many people as you can and try and help as many people as you can and it's interesting because more and more you know trainers even though even like myself people that are just still in the field of health and fitness that are working day to day with clients one-on-one it's almost like a cross pollination between the two of those jobs now like as much as I'm working one-on-one with people, I'm also spending almost 50% of my time trying to put together content to share with other people, whether it be stuff like this podcast, whether it be things for Instagram or, or um, you know, email lists and all that type of stuff. You kind of got to integrate the both of those now if you really want to be on top of the game, I think. it's Yeah, it's really true. It's um, your, your own marketing machine, right? You've got to... Um... Yeah, and, but I mean, when, it, when you think about trainers and coaches, right, so much of that job is relating to your clients and, and being personable and knowing how to get the best out of people. And I think that's why the health and fitness industry and trainers in particular are really good at that content creation because the good ones really know what resonates with people. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's part of that job. And it's kind of been really exciting in the last, you know, I guess 10 years now, but, but in particular the last five years, are seeing those trainers that are also content creators as well and having these platforms because like I say, yeah, they do know how to talk to people. They do know how to relate to people. They know how to motivate people and read people as well. Um, you know, I think so much of the psychology behind training someone is so um, undervalued and underrated in kind of, I guess, in your profession, you know, it's such mm-hmm. a big tool and, yeah, it's really exciting to that now trainers have these platforms to reach larger audiences. And I think, you know, something like the pandemic that we're stuck in right now, you know, it, the way to reach your clients is digitally. You can't do it face-to-face. You know, a lot of people, they can't be in the gym. They can't be on that gym floor. So it's really, um, this has been the longest-winded answer to a question I can't even remember anymore. <laughs> no, I'm pretty good at that too. Half the time, I forget which question I'm asking. Yeah, a bit of word vomit there, but basically, yeah, it's just it's just been a really good exercise in, um, yeah, taking those um, those principles of relating to people and, and motivating people and, and applying them on a bigger stage. Mm. And speaking before of surrounding yourself with, um, you know, really successful and motivational people, who are some of the, the people that you've met or worked with, um, whether it be through men's health or even outside of that, um, that have had a real significant impact on you that's lasted past that that time that you've managed to spend with them oh that's a really good question i think um you know like obviously in my job i get to to meet you know like athletes and actors and that sort of things but the it is it's the people that i love the stories of people that kind of overcome adversity um you know it's a lot of um 
the motivators and the, you know, the great thinkers, you know, one that comes to mind is, I don't know if you've heard of a guy, Ross Edgley uh, from the UK. He, um, he's a, he's basically what you call, what he calls himself a philosopher of fitness. And he just has this attitude of constant learning and constant discovery um, and applying it to, you know, mental health, resilience, um, but also he's an absolute beast. He swam around the whole of the UK. Um, I think, Anytime someone asks me that kind of question, he automatically comes to mind just because he kind of encapsulates what I feel day to day in my job is just that constant thirst for knowledge, but he really immerses himself in it. You know, he'll, he'll put himself through every kind of training. He's trained with tribes up in the mountains. He's swum around the UK. He's done a marathon pulling a car. He's, um, yeah, he's, but just that mindset as well, I think it's people like that that just immerse themselves and have had real life experiences. Uh, They're, they're the ones that really stick with you. It sounds like, you know, not knowing um, who this guy was until you mentioned him now, it sounds very similar to someone like David Goggins. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just these people that can unlock that, that extra, you know, I think it was Goggins that says, you know, he always says, when you think you're hurting, you're actually only at 40% of your capacity. And I literally yeah. think about that every time I train, every time I want to put down a barbell yeah. or, or, you know, pull back on a run or whatever. I always think I'm like, hey, this is only 40%, you know, and that's that mechanism that mentally, physically, your brain kicks in because it's a protection mechanism. You know, even at work, right? You know, you think you're stressed. You're probably not, you know, it's probably your brain kicking in as a, as a protection mechanism. And I'm not saying that it's healthy all the time to push through that, but you know, the things that these guys have achieved kind of prove that you can, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, coming into say an interview or, or doing a cover shoot or something with, with guys like this, what's your kind of routine? Do you have a morning routine or a daily ritual that you like to do, or even if it's in the lead up to, to going to meet someone, um, you know, that, that you may know of or that you're just really interested in meeting? Is there something that you like to do to kind of prep yourself mentally and physically? Yeah, man, that's actually a really interesting question because it is something that I do, but it changes uh, each person I interview. So okay. I always try and do, you know, obviously just uh, with the journalistic gene, I guess, you um, try to, um, you obviously research your subject and then, you know, for example, when I think the first time that we ever met, you were doing a 24-hour sled thing with uh, sled push with Klimi, right? Yeah. Um, so I remember I was going to talk to you guys halfway through that, and I think we ended up doing a Instagram Live or something. But, yeah. you know, so I went to the gym the day before that, and I didn't do 24 hours, but I just, you know, got behind the sled because I was like, I want to ask questions that are actually related to this, you know. I don't want to wing it or guess it and, you know, I, the sled isn't something that's regularly in my workout routine. So if I don't go and push a sled, how the hell am I going to know what to ask you? <laughs> and then that's going to affect the message that I'm kind of relaying to our audience, if that makes sense. So, you know, when you interview these big names, for example, like, um, you know, you might interview, so Mark Warburg, for example, we went and did, we worked out at his gym, um, did the interview while he was working out, that sort of thing. You know, beforehand, I went to, he has a burger restaurant, so I went to his burger restaurant so I could ask him about that. Um, you know, yeah, I, I did. There in Vegas, actually, as well. What was that, sorry? I did some serious market research at Wahlburgers. 
Yeah, yeah. I love how I put that down in research. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's, um, he's famous for the 4 a.m. wake up workout. So I was like, cool. Well, the morning that I interview him, I'm going to wake up at four o'clock, do the workout, you know. So, A, that gives us something to talk about. But I also then know the perspective that he's coming from. So mm. I think it just, it just helps A, me ask better questions. And, but then also when I write that article or whatever format's taking, it kind of helps deliver that message a little bit clearer. Yeah, it's really cool. And by the sounds of it, you know, I'm big on, um, on getting out of your comfort zone as much as possible. So you would be regularly getting out of yours if it's a lot of stuff that you've never, never done before or something that's out of your normal routine. I, yeah. I think that's really important too. Like, um, you know, I'm doing... I'm listening to an audio book at the moment by um, Dr. Joe Dispenza. I don't know if you've listened to much of his stuff, stuff before. No, I haven't. No, I'll uh, I'll send you a link to some of his his content. He's really good, but he's he's um, studied neuroscience and he talks a lot about um, you know our typical behaviours and how um, you know we get in the habit of just being ourselves, like whether it's doing the same thing day in day out without even really thinking about it anymore, even if that behaviour is is causing like negative um results and stuff like that and um i'm now starting to become a lot more aware of trying to although i have my daily routine and my morning routine that i like to stick to and certain habits that i that i know are going to get me close to my goals also not just doing the same thing over and over again every day to the point where i'm just not putting any thought to it so whether it be something as simple as literally changing up the way i drive to work or um changing the order of what i do um before my workout and things like that to to make sure that you're constantly um, actually thinking about what you're doing and not just letting it become a, an automatic system. That's it. Yeah, and it and it smashes those plateau, plateaus as well. You know, it's um, it, it is funny though. You know, it is kind of a double-edged sword. Like you say, you've got to almost find that balance between your routine and working oh. towards your goals and chipping away at them. Um, I know for myself, I'm a bit like a distracted golden retriever. Like I see something shiny. And I go and chase and do that, you know, so I'm kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none, but, um, and you, and you do need that structure, but, but yeah, like you say, you still need to keep your body and your mind guessing in order to progress, right? Otherwise you get stuck in those ruts and you do hit those plateaus. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you've just touched on um, someone that's had a big impact on you. Who's been um, or, or which cover or issue has been the most enjoyable for you to publish so far? Oh, that's a um, really tough one. They're all like my babies. <laughs> uh, it, maybe just because it's fresh in my mind. Um, the one that we're about to release, uh, it, it just feels right um you know obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic and and it hasn't come out yet but um it's about to hit new sense in a couple of weeks but it it's the first time that we've kind of been faced obviously you know this is this is new to the world and you know it would be quite ignorant to ignore that this is going on especially being a health title um and we had uh we actually had a you know you know just a regular celebrity you know uh big international singer 
uh, that we'd interviewed. Uh, we had the shots. He was all set to be on the cover. And it just kind of felt the wrong thing to do. You know, it was just this is such an important time and there's so much bigger, bigger things at play than like, like what did this guy have to do with a global pandemic, you know? So um, what we've done, I, I don't want to kind of give it too much away, but, you know, it's basically a thank you to the heroes of the pandemic, you know what I mean? So it's, um, it's awesome. yeah, and it just felt the right thing to do. And I think, you know, in we have these great names and they're all good. And I, like I said, I love every single issue and love talking to these guys, but, you know, that's one that really stands out. Um, another one that stands out is, is again, I'll go back to this, this Ross Edgley guy. We did a cover with him. Now he is the most, as well as just being an absolute uh, weapon of a human, he's completely jacked. <laughs> he, he's, he's just got an absolute rig, but um. The cover we did with him was uh, right after he swam around the UK. Now, when you swim around, he's basically the fittest person on earth to be able to do that, you know, the things he's done and he's put his body through. But, you know, when you spend 150 days out in the water, your body isn't jacked. Your body has absorbed water. Your body adapts to the situation you're in. You yep. So when you're out at sea and you haven't touched land for 150 days, your no, body wait, puts on yeah. it puts on blubber. You know, it's almost yeah. like seal blubber because it's insulation is in the cold water. And that's the beautiful thing about the body. It adapts to what you're doing and it needs to be buoyant. And, and you know, this guy has just swum around an entire continent. He's extremely fit. But then we put him on the cover, right, like basically the day that he finished that was that shot was taken. And he was kind of looked a little bit, you know, puffy, but it was just brilliant because that is the body of the fittest person in that moment. You know what I mean? And that was, that was another really important cover because I feel like, you know, when I came on board for men's health, you know, a lot of the feedback you get is, oh, it's unrealistic. Oh, it's this, it's this, it's just glorifying aesthetics, blah, blah, blah. And you know what? Yes. Aesthetics play a part of it because they sell magazines, but um, that was just a great cover because it it was, again, it just felt right. And it was the right thing to do. And you know what? it was a representation of health, which which I really loved. Yeah, it's great. And it comes back to literally like the first question I asked you today is about like, you know, why are you doing it? And you just want to have that impact on, a real impact on people. And like you said, it, it, it's all well and good to have a, a cover of someone who looks jacked, who looks ripped. And, and that's what a lot of people aspire to look like. And they are nine times out of 10, very motivational and, and um, inspirational pe- people themselves. But in the end of the day, it's all about impact. Um, so like you've just said, those two covers sound like they will or will and did have significant impact, which is awesome. Yeah. And I think with, you know, those Jack covers again, like I I love those covers just as much. They're they're really great, but Mm. it's important to recognize the story behind them. You know, it's, um, it's the problem comes when those covers are almost used to shame people into getting healthy, you know what I mean? Or to shame people into you know, there's those guys that are super ripped. There's always a story behind there. Um, And usually it's a great mental health story or, you know, they've turned their lives around kind of story. Um, It's, you know, and and you would know this working with your clients, you know, people's motivation is always different and everyone has their own story. And, you know, I think sometimes that gets lost in the shiny abs. (laughs) 
yeah, without a doubt, it's crazy how many you know success stories and um, and motivational stories have come from um, adversity. And like majority of the time, that's that's why. Um, it, like you've just touched on, is just if you if you went through and and you know went through a lot of the most successful people's stories, a lot of the time it has come from some form of adversity, whether it be a little bit or whether it be something really significant. Absolutely, yeah. And that's and that's just what I really love about my job is getting to share those stories because there are just so many out there. That's awesome, mate. And I, I want to just stay on on the topic of you know the product of, you know, the product of your environment. You you know the amount of people that you've spent time with and um, and from all different areas of life. What are some of the the key characteristics that you've seen that are common uh, amongst these people, regardless of whether they're in the same field or not? Oh, another great question, man. <laughs> I think, um, oh, you know, there's a few, I guess, but they're, they're all extremely, uh, I guess, focused on what they want. You know, they're resilient. They'll, they'll take anything that comes with them. They won't let anything phase them. Um, I think... So I used to struggle with that when people said that, you know, oh, people are successful because they know what they want and they go after it because then I used to look at myself and go, all right, well, I don't 100% know what I want, you know what I mean? And, and, And so I used to struggle with that. But I think what it is, it's more they stay true to their values of even if they don't necessarily know what they want, they know what they don't want. So it's staying true to those values. So, you know, if they if they have a specific goal or even if they don't have a specific goal, they have a more broad one. It's, it's staying true to those values and it kind of not letting, uh, I guess people detract from that goal, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. And I, yeah. I couldn't agree. With you. I know exactly what you're trying to say. And, and, and it's, it's, I guess maybe it's, it's a commitment rather than to a goal, but to their own values and their own beliefs and, and mm-hmm. you know, um, what they want to see in the world. Yeah, I've just been listening to a. Um, I just finished up a, an audio book recently by Brendan Burchard. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's um, he's got a book called High Performance Habits, and he did this huge um, research on successful people and, and the seven habits. I think it was seven, no, sorry, six, six habits that um, that they all that they all had. It was the most common amongst all of them, and. One of the the biggest ones that had an impact on me was was gaining clarity on like literally every part of your life, um, and how much of an impact that can that can have. Because a lot of us, you know, even when you talk to even when I talk to clients about what their goal is, like why they're coming to see me, a lot of the time they don't even really know. Like their goal is just the general get fit or get lean, but they don't actually have any clarity on why they they want to achieve that or exactly how they're going to do it. They haven't reverse engineered like how they're going to get lean. And I think that's why, you know, a couple of months back now, but that's why you see a lot of New Year's resolutions um, flop because there's no clarity around yeah. what they need. I think to do to that's, his, that's his first habit, isn't it, in that book? It's like straight off the bat. I believe so, yeah. And that's something yeah. that I've been, you know, I, I thought I was already kind of doing it already, but I've really um, gone into detail with that pretty much every day now. And, and even, you know, have you read it, have you? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Even... Um, even things like his his little resets that he tries to do between you know transitions throughout the day, I found that extremely effective as well. Yeah, it's um and it's true and it, but it is a scary thing. Like I, I totally get it. Like you know 
seeking clarity is often a lot easier said than done, you know, but, um, mm. but you can start by eliminating what doesn't resonate with you to seek that clarity. And, and, you know, I guess kind of what you kind of keep coming back to as well is that you're the product of who you surround yourself with. Um, you know, one of my favorite sayings is that is you're the product of the five people you spend the most time with, you know, yeah. pick, pick a solid five people that you respect and, and look up to and the clarity will come with that as well. Yeah, for sure. Have you had, um, this is a question I was just kind of thinking of now, have you had any experiences in the job so far that have just completely humbled you? Uh, man, every day, the, <laughs> the people I get to work with and interview and um, they're, they're just, I think given the nature of men's health, um, you know, our we're quite lucky and we don't work for a media outlet that kind of tears people down. The people we work with are all inspirational and, and um, it, you know, they all have, it's called what we call ourselves is service journalism. So it's basically got to have a service to our audience. And, um, you know, I just, the, the interviews that our team, that my team does, you know, the, the people we get to work with, you know, even the behind the scenes people that we work with are just, you know, phenomenal people and it's uh, i actually haven't had a negative experience with anyone in this role which in itself is quite humbling <laughs> you know they're they're great people out there um you know the people that we write about the people that bring the stories together they're all incredible people that's awesome mate and just a couple more things before we wrap up because um i want to be respectful of your time um is there something that you wish, you know, whether this, whether this be from things that you've learned through people that you've met or just um, your own experiences through health and fitness and, and just life in general, is there, is there something that you wish more people knew or a behaviour that you think more people would benefit from if they knew of it? I know it's a pretty broad question. Um, but, yeah, is there, is there something that you think that if, if more people knew about it or if more people were aware of it, um, it would help improve their lives? Yeah, I think, um, again, I'm probably only qualified to talk in terms of health, <laughs> but I think it, people quite often look at health as training, you know what I mean? And they don't look at the holistic package. So, you know, and even if they do, they'll look at health as training and then there's a barrier, then there's nutrition and then there's a barrier. And if you're lucky, maybe mindset, you know? Yeah. Um, I think as soon as you start to look at all of those things linked, health doesn't become something that's an isolated part of your day that you, oh, okay, cool, this is my one hour to focus on health. Health becomes something that just easily fits into your life. Um, so, no, you know, you look at, if you look at yourself as a car, for example, and the food is the fuel that you put in there, well, you're not going to put, you know, rubbish oil in your car. You're going to fuel it so that it keeps going. So, you look at the food and then the way that the food is going to affect then your training and then your tr the food is going to affect your mind as well. And then vice versa, if you look at how your mind is going to affect what you eat and how you train and then same, if you train well, you're going to want to nourish your body. You know, it's all connected. And I think as soon as you stop looking at health in isolation and look at health as something that you do for yourself, it's, it's so cliche. I understand that, but it just becomes a lot easier when you stop segmenting it all. Hundred percent, man. That's um, that's awesome. That's really powerful stuff. And, that's good. 
and again, it's a broad answer, I know, but it's, um, it, you know, especially for people, it, it's hard because you sometimes, you know, you want to talk to people that are super educated in their health, but, you know, a lot of people find that barrier. I think sometimes in the health and fitness industry, there's a really high barrier to entry for people that are looking to start their health journey. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's even, it's better to go broad <laughs> just to, yeah, sure. to kind of, you know, that's something and this is going off on a bit of a tangent but you know this pandemic it's kind of really leveled the playing field you know whether you are just starting on your health and fitness journey or whether you're an elite athlete we're all at home none of us have access to gyms or you know a nutritionist or whatever you know it's we're all in exactly the same position right now um with the same access to health and fitness so i think not trying to um, trivialize the situation, but but trying to look at the positives. I think this has really become a good opportunity for people to realize the barriers to health to becoming healthy aren't that great. You know, you can start your journey to health in your own home, um, and you know, right now you can train just like a gold medal athlete. You know, because hey, we're all stuck at home. <laughs> and yes, they have their home gyms. I understand that. But it, you know what I mean? We're all being resourceful and we're all, you know, it's kind of pulled everyone back to a, an even playing field. Even playing field. Yeah, without a doubt. And now, mate, you've uh, you've got, uh, you're running the podcast, the Strength Sessions podcast with Lincoln, yeah? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Do you want to uh, give the, the podcast a bit of a plug and just tell the listeners a bit about kind of some of the things you touch on on the show? Yeah, no, I'd love to. It's um, Thanks for that as well. It's um, uh, basically we're in our second season now. So it's Lincoln and I and we, we kind of chat to, um, you know, the, the, basically the criteria for our guests are just inspirational blokes, you know, whether they be athletes, uh, Hollywood stars or, or just everyday blokes. Um, and we basically... Oh, yeah. On the last episode? What was that sorry? Well, you had Mitch on the last episode. We did have Mitch, mate. He was—he's a walking quote book. That kid. He's um, <laughs> literally everything he says is gold. Um, but you know, yeah, we've had everyone from Mitch. We've had um Chris Hemsworth on there. We've had um, you know, we've had entrepreneurs. It's it's been um a really great podcast. And you know, we started the podcast. You know, it's called Strength Sessions, and it was going to center around um stories of strength. Uh, whether they be physical, mental, or emotional. Um, and, you know, as soon as we started interviewing these guys and talking to these guys, almost every podcast centered center around mental health. And, um, you know, it's one of those things, again, where everyone has their own experience and everyone has their own story in that kind of sphere. Um, but I just, the thing about Lincoln is he handles it so well and he, it's not all doom and gloom <laughs> and it's, it's just really good chats to be honest. And, and it's a really great podcast to be a part of because it just literally feels like we're just getting in a room with mates and, and having a yarn. It's good. That's the best part about it, isn't it? And that's what I try and do with, with every show that I do now, regardless of who the guest is, is just try and keep it conversational and almost imagine that the microphone is not there and just have a good chat. And because I, I find as well, there's, even with clients that I work with, you know, whether they're in business or whether they're athletes or whatever, um, I find myself midway through a session sometimes having a chat with a client and just wishing that I'd had, yeah. that, we'd, that we'd both been mic'd up for the past 30 minutes because some of the stuff I've been talking about is just absolute gold, just in normal conversation. Yeah, and you can't recreate those moments. 
Yeah. It's hard um, as you try. 100%. Now, mate, the, the last question before I wrap up, um, who would be your ideal, who is someone that you would absolutely love um, to do a cover with or a story with um, for the Men's Health magazine? Like someone that you just absolutely idolise or you think would be able to provide a lot of value for the reader? Ooh, mate, I have my wish list. <laughs> um you know, there are some really big ones. I'd love, um, you know, I would love someone like Kanye to do a mental health issue, you know, um, just to, to kind of talk about his experiences. I'd love um, Obama to talk about, you know, again, probably more along that mental health, but that resilience and, and you know, he's obviously got one of the most high profile jobs. But, you know, it's probably not even big names like that that make a great cover and a great story. Um you know, there are a lot of local local lads that I'm working with to get on the cover as well. And um, but yeah, man, they're they're kind of the big fish. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, yeah. man. Mate, thanks so much for your time. Um, I really do appreciate it, and I'm sure that everybody's listening to the the show today has appreciated it as well. No, mate, likewise, and I love um I love what you're doing, and we'll keep working with you across men's health as well. It's a good I synergy. I appreciate it. Yeah, mate. And I'll have all the links to um, obviously your socials and obviously men's health. And I'll also put a link to the podcast in the show notes as well. So everybody listening, make sure you go and um, give Scotty a follow and men's health if you're not already and go and check out their podcast. Um, and if you have enjoyed today's episode, which I'm sure you have, please do take a screenshot of the show and post it up on your Instagram story. Tag myself, tag Scott. Um, and we'd just love to hear your feedback. So, again, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Appreciate it. Mate, love your work. Keep it up. Thanks a lot, mate.